Hey there, this is Gregory Williams, and I'm the senior pastor of Transform Church. Welcome to our podcast. I hope the following presentation really inspires you to deepen your faith walk and encourages you along your journey. Enjoy the message. Hello, Transformers and everyone. Welcome to Transform Church. My name is Pastor Gregory J. Williams, and I'm the senior pastor of Transform Church here in Melbourne, Australia. Wherever you're watching from, welcome. We're so thrilled and excited to have you joining us. And so we pray that the message is going to encourage you and bless you. And we're starting a brand new series this week. It's episode one of the series called Being Positive. And I think it's such an important factor or so poignant that we need a heavy dose of positivity in our life right now. And so we're going to get into that this morning. And so the first episode of this series is called The Cure for Complacency, right? And so are you tired of all of the negativity that's happening in our world right now? It seems like we're just consumed by all of the stuff that's happening around us. You know, and I'm going to be a bit negative to complain about negativity. Is that being positive? I don't know. If you complain about negativity, is that being a bit positive? I don't know. We leave that for better people to sort out. But here's the thing. You know, every morning when I wake up, after I get myself together, I take my iPad out and go on to the news and watch some news and YouTube videos. And sometimes it's just filled with all the stuff that's happening in our world that's horrible and negative. You know, our economy is going down. This pandemic is taking over. People are getting sick and there's a whole host of things that are happening and not just in our country but in every country across the world is just filled with negativity and you're kind of mentally and emotionally exhausted and your day has not even begun yet and it's like I don't know if I can get anything done right now and if I'm going to be honest to you after reading that or watching the 15 minutes of news or, or you know, what's happening in our world, you're, I'm so emotionally drained that I feel I can get nothing done. And you know, sometimes I just go, well, here's this here couch and here's this here TV. I'm just going to sit on this couch and watch TV for the rest of the day and just binge on some stupid show and just you know, eat junk food. And that happens a lot. And what ends up happening at the end of the day is that you, know, you feel even worse because you haven't done anything or had nothing positive or productive happened in your life and you've just gained weight from eating all this rubbish and you're just like, I'm just exhausted mentally. I just can't take this anymore. You know, and it's just it's emotionally draining. I'm just tired of that, you know. And so oftentimes that happens in our life and we all have days like that. I've had days like that. But the days that I've found where I've had most productive days are the days when I actually discover something good about that in my life or something good what's happening around me you know when i start understanding god's word and when i start leaning into what the scriptures say about me and my world around me and what god has to say about that that's when i find that i'm actually most productive you know as human beings we go through a lot of stuff and we're going through a whole host of difficult situations right now. You know, this thing is just taking over the world. But as human beings, you know, we are quite a resilient species. We've come through difficult situations in the past before. We've gone through world wars, you know, not just one, but two massive world wars. We've gone through famine. We've gone through depression. We've gone through disasters. We've even gone through a pandemic before, not as bad as the one we're currently in. 
but we've certainly gone through them before and we've come through them, you know, not with flying colors. We've come through them and we look back in hindsight, we realize they've just been hurdles along the way. They haven't caused the disaster of our race, the disaster of our life. They've just been experiences that have actually built into who we are and who we become. And one of the most amazing things is that from difficult circumstances, from horrible situations like this, we've actually got the greatest inventions or such positive things of progress have come through that. If you do a Google search, you come up with a whole list of things that came out of difficult or hard situations in the world, you know. And so if we look at life through this lens of just disaster, that's all we're ever going to see. We're always going to see the negative things that happen in our world. And we'll never be able to have a positive outlook on life because you see, a negative outlook will never give you a positive life. When you have a negative outview of the world, you will never have a positive view of the world. It will always be a negative skew, a negative slant on things. If you want to have positive outlooks, you need to understand there's positive things in your life, and there are, and I hope to share that with you this morning, there are definitely positive things in your life and mine that we can be so you know, appreciative of. But here's, if you wanna, here's the thing, if you want to have a positive dose, if you want to have a positive outlook, talk to a child, you know, anywhere between the ages of three to eight, because they haven't been immersed in all of this negative news that we're in, this new cycle of negativity that goes on and on, constantly on rotation in our world. They haven't been immersed in this. And when you ask them, you're like, you know, what do you see in your future? What, your, what do you want your future to be? They have such marvelous, grandiose ideas of what they see the world as. You know, they want to be astronauts, or they want to be race car drivers, or they want to be all-star athletes. And they have such a positive outlook on life that it becomes infectious. I love to hear their positive outlook on life because it just makes me, you know, say, look the world through their eyes and it's so gregarious. It's just a wonderful thing to experience when they have such an overflow of positive emotion. And so it's important for us to understand that even in negative situations, there's still the potential to produce a positive purpose. I'll repeat that. Even a negative situation still holds the potential to produce a positive purpose. You know, just as I said before, some of the greatest, you know, successes or inventions of our world have come through some of the disasters or difficult circumstances through the Great Depression and famine. We've invented things and helped move humanity and the human race forward in different circumstances. There, you know, there's still a lot of negative things and, and bad things that do happen in our world. We're in a world right now where all of this negativity is just consuming us and it would be foolish for us to ignore it, but it will also be foolish for us just to accept it and do nothing about it. So ask yourself a question, right? I want you to think about this. How will this season impact your life for good? What can you do in this particular season that will better equip you or build you up to become better moving forward? You know, I looked at that situation in my life myself, and, you know, I had one of those days where I was just sitting on the couch and feeling like a couch potato and, you know, not feeling very good about myself. And I'm like, you know, let me look back into my life and see where I came from about a year ago. What happened in my life a year ago? And to be honest, it wasn't a great time in my life even then. You know, looking at this situation would have been difficult, but 
so, so most of you, most of you know at Transform know this, that I was diagnosed with cancer, and so I had to have surgery to actually remove this cancerous growth in my body. And there came a time where, you know, before I went to the surgery, yes, I believed God and I trusted him and I, I was praying for healing and all those things. And I knew that God will do something marvelous. But even if he did, like the three Hebrew boys said, even if God does not deliver me, I'm still not going to just bow down and accept it, you know, and just think that God is a God of healing. He is still a God of healing. And so I was looking at it in that sense, and I said, you know, this might be my last opportunity to spend time with my family. And even if I do come through the surgery, there might be some repercussions that affect what I can do in life. My, you know, my well-being and my, my way of life might change. And so I was looking at it in that vein, and I said, let me look at what I have in my life. And so looking back from now to that circumstance and having that point of view at that particular time, and saying, you know, I'm not sure if I'm going to make this through in the same way. Of course, God did a miracle, and I'm here talking to you, and I have so much you know, joy in spending time with people and talking to you about the circumstances of my life. But looking at that a year ago, you know, and saying, well, it doesn't look like I'm going to have that positive outlook on life. And, you know, I, I had this view that regardless of what happens, that God will still be God, and he will still do what he's going to do. And he does do what he does, you know, and he healed and he brought me through. And, and it's an encouragement to look back in my life and say, a year ago, I didn't have a positive outlook. I thought, you know, I came to the point where I said, I might not make it through. And I actually made some videos for my family members and even the church to say, if this happens, just in case, you always prepare for the unexpected. No one ever got to watch those videos, by the way, uh, because, you know, I'm sitting here talking to you right now, which is amazing. God is so good and he's a healer. And so looking at it from that point of view and fast forwarding a year from now, I'm looking at this circumstances like I came through that massive, you know, hurdle in my life where the doctor said you will not be able to speak again. And they said that it might not come through with some serious problems. And none of those things happened because we believe God. The church prayed. I prayed. My family prayed. And God did an amazing miracle in my life. And I'm, I'm eternally grateful for that. And so when you look at life as always through a negative perspective, you're not going to appreciate the days, the months, and the blessings that you do actually have, you know. And so people complain about a lot of things. And sometimes there's times where we do complain. We talk about things like, I wish this was better, and I wish I could do this. And those things are actually sometimes beneficial because it helps us become better. But what I've often found is that when we look at the negative things in our life, we often have a very pessimistic view of our future. And we don't actually become very productive and we lapse into a lot of complaints. And people complain about things all the time, right? We complain about too much restrictions right now. We complain about not having the ability to go where we want, to do what we want. And we complain about being locked up in our houses so much. And I think about it in this vein. And I've heard a lot of people say this, you know, I've worked such long hours, I just wish I could go home. And so now that we have the opportunity to stay home, we have a problem. We wished we could stay home and now we're actually locked up in our home. It's not as appealing as we thought it would be. And now we're saying, I wish I could go to work when we thought we'd be having fun at home. But it doesn't seem to be as fun. And see, the reality of life is this. We often want things in our life. And when we do end up getting what we want, we find out that it's not as great as we thought it would be. Right? And so having this perspective, and I want to share 
this with you. I want to share with you the cure for our constant complacency, your cure for our complaining. It's not some pill that you can take. You can't go to the doctor and say, well, give me this pill. It'll cure me from all the ails of what's happening around me. It's not an injection you can take and cure you of anything. But here's the thing. I want to share with you the cure, and the cure is called gratitude. Gratitude is the cure for our life. That's so important for us to understand. And this is what Proverbs actually says. A glad heart makes a cheerful face, but by sorrow of heart, the spirit is crushed. So if you want to be happy, put on a happy face. That's exactly what it says, right? If you want to be positive, have a positive outlook. And it's interesting that even, you know, in the psychological world, the world of psychology, they understand that gratitude brings so much benefit. And so I did a Google search, and you could do that right now. Well, well, not right now, but wait till we're done and then do the search. But I know some of you are doing it right now, so I guess go ahead and do it. Well, I did a search, and I typed in psychology of gratitude, right? And the very first thing that came up was an article from positivepsychology.com, and it tells us about the benefits of gratitude. And as I said, this is from a purely psychological point of view. And this is what it says. Gratitude releases toxic emotions. Gratitude reduces pain. Gratitude improves sleep quality. Gratitude aids in stress regulation. Gratitude reduces anxiety and depression. This is what the psychologists are telling us, that when we are grateful for things in our life, all of these benefits come from it. So what is gratitude? Well, according to that article, it's acknowledging good things in our life. But as Christ followers, as followers of Jesus, you know, as Jesus followers, we understand that gratitude is acknowledging God's goodness in our life, the good things that he puts into our life. When do we need gratitude? When are we actually, when when is it necessary for us to be grateful? Well, we should be, when we're too critical, when we realize we're getting a bit too critical, when we're getting too short with people around us, especially our loved ones, when we're too anxious, when we're too depressed, when we're too frustrated, when we're not appreciated of things that are going on around us, we need to pause and be grateful for what we do actually have and not focus on what we don't have. You see, gratitude is the gateway to peace. Gratitude is the path to peace. If we only focus on all the negative things, if we only focus on what we've lost, what's been removed, what we had to give up, what we had to you know, put down, what we had to surrender, what we had to just lose from our lives, we'll never actually understand what we do have in our life. Because if we're focusing on what we don't have, we don't focus in on what we do have. But if you pause for a second and realize that there's so many good things in your life that you can actually be thankful and grateful for, you'll actually begin to appreciate all that you actually do have. The number one thing that we can be grateful for as Christ followers 
is that we can be joyful about God's grace in our life. God's grace is always in our life during the good times and the bad times, during the ups and the downs, through the difficult circumstances, through the trying circumstances, regardless of what we're going through, God gives us his grace continually over and over each and every day. You know, and, and it's such a refreshing thing to think about. There are times that we do have that are bad and are good, but God's grace is consistent in our life. You know, I want to talk to you about some words this amazing man had written. And he's written to us from a difficult circumstance. And it's coming to us from the Apostle Paul. And I want you to understand, before I read these words, where the Apostle Paul was when he actually wrote these words. He was in prison. He was locked down in isolation. He could not go out and do what he wanted to do, you know, and he was in, in a quarantine sort of mode. He could not see his family and friends, and he had less than what we have in our life currently. So it's coming from a very familiar or similar place, and we can identify with what Paul is going through because we are, in a kind of sense, locked down in the same circumstance. And, and this is what he writes from this place of isolation, from his prison cell, the, the walls that he has to see over and over again. This is what he writes in Philippians 4, verse 4. He says this, Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. And it's such an amazing thing because you're thinking he's locked down, he's in prison. What has he got to be happy or positive about? But this is what he writes. He says, rejoice in the Lord always, not just sometimes, not when things are going good and when everything has, you know, sort of a good cookie cutter, great quality to life and everything is just smiles, smiles and roses. No, he doesn't say that. He says, always, even in the difficult circumstances of your life, you can still rejoice in the Lord. And so the question is, why can we rejoice, right? Why do we have to rejoice? Why is it so important? And so the word rejoice actually comes from this Greek word chario, and it's directly connected to the word charis, which comes, which is the word grace. Charis is the word grace, and grace is unmerited favor. You know, we look forward to God's grace in our life because we can rejoice because we get unmerited favor. It's not something we earned but God gives it to us over and over again. And he says, rejoice that chariots, chariots will come. It will fill your life. And he says, rejoice over and over. And it's so important that you understand this word rejoice. You know, rejoice has this understanding that we have to give God praise. But you can only rejoice when you understand what you are grateful or thankful for. And so the number one thing is God's grace that pours into our life. We can be thankful for God's grace, regardless of any other circumstance that goes on around us. God's grace, his unmerited favor, continues to flow in our life over and over again. And he's, he continues on. He says, let this be reasonable. You know, he says in another version, it's another version that says, let us be reasonable. But he says this, the Lord is near. Isn't that great? The Lord is near. Or another version says, the Lord is at hand. And then he says, do not be anxious about anything. 
not just a few things, but anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, and that's the word gratefulness, thanksgiving, we're thankful, present your request to God. So he says we can be grateful for so many of God's blessings. The number one thing is that God's grace comes into our life, you know. And that word thanksgiving is also from the Greek word eucharista. And if you look at that word, and we'll try and put it up on the screen for you, eucharista, right in the middle of that word is the word charis, which is the word grace. God's grace, you know. So again, gratefulness is being thankful for God's grace. Thankfulness for God's grace in our life. And he says you don't have to be anxious. And when you look at that word anxious, you know, what causes us to be anxious? We have a number of things. And usually external situations cause us to be anxious. The pandemic you know, things around us, our safety, our security, things that come in and try to take away from us. And we're anxious from things. We're anxious whether we can get a new job or, you know, find a wife or, you know, be well in life. And all of these things cause us anxiety. And when you look at that word anxiety, it does take us to a place of stress. And so what Paul wants us to understand as he looks into it, he says, be anxious about, don't be anxious about anything. You know, the word anything is every single situation that occurs in your life. Romans, again, Paul says this in Romans 8.29. He says, we know that all things work together for good to them that love God and are called according to his purpose, which means that everything in our life might not be good, but all things work for good to bring us to the place of love that God has destined for us. You know, and, it, it's, and it's encouraging to know this. And Paul says, listen, the Lord is near. Don't be anxious. Don't be anxious about things. Stop looking at life you know, and complaining about circumstances. Change that perspective and start being grateful for what God has poured into your life on a constant and consistent basis. The number one thing being God's grace that comes to us over and over again. And so he says this, Eucharista, which is that word. And then he continues on with this thing, which is amazing. And he says, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart, right? Will guard your heart. And that peace, that word peace there, you know, when we go back to the word anxious, the word anxious is actually the word, and we get from the Greek word, it has this meaning of pulling things apart. It actually pulls us apart. It pulls us in so many different directions. There's so many things in our life when we're anxious about we have to worry about. We're worried about bills. We're worried about our job. We're worried about our family. We're worried about our future. We're worried about what the world has tomorrow. Will this thing change? What happens tomorrow? We're worried about our future. And we have this anxiousness. It actually begins to pull us apart and pulls us in so many different directions. And so Paul's saying, don't be anxious. Don't you allow yourself to be ripped apart. Don't allow yourself to be pulled in so many different directions because they're going to take away your attention from where God has you and where God is trying to lead you and what God has for your life. And so he says this, don't be anxious for anything, 
but in every situation come to God. And then he says this, and the peace of God. And that word peace, you know, that word peace is actually the exact opposite of the word anxious. And what it means in that circumstance is that God is actually putting things together. It's instead of being distracted and anxious, it's being joined and tied and formed together. And so he says, don't be anxious, don't be ripped apart. And the peace of God will actually join, bring you together, fit you together, fulfill you. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. Don't worry, because we might not be able to understand everything, because it's beyond our understanding, but God knows our thoughts. He knows our intents. He knows our hearts. And he says, don't let your thoughts consume you. Allow God's peace to build you and bring you together and form you and join you into this perfect thing. So you're not ripped apart, split apart, and separated. You're actually joined and full and whole in God's presence. And that word charis is God's grace that does that. It brings us together. It fills us up. And so it's important that when you understand verse 7, which is, you know, the peace of God, you can't get the peace of God until you understand verse 6, which is, do not be anxious for anything, but in everything, bring your prayer to God. And so when you do that, the peace of God. And so what he's saying is that the Prince of Peace, you know, Jesus is our Prince of Peace. The Prince of Peace will come and fill your life. And you don't have to worry about complaining. You don't have to worry about all these things because when you have this attitude of gratitude, things are going to change. And I want to encourage you to actually get a journal, whether it's on your phone or whether you want to get a book together and start putting down a list of things that you are grateful for. And at first it might be hard, you know, like, well, what am I really grateful for? Well, I, I guess I have food in my fridge. I could be grateful for that. I guess I have a car. I could be grateful for that. I guess I have, you know, a paycheck or a job. I could be grateful for that. And as you start to think about the things that God has given you or put into your life, that list becomes longer. And I want to challenge you not to do it for a week. You know, you get to Wednesday and you're like, oh, well, I'm done with this list. But do it every day. Do it for a year, at least a year, every single day. Write on one thing you're grateful for. And then when you go back a year, you have a list of at least 365 things that you're going to be grateful for. And as you start writing that list, more and more things will come into your life that you'll be able to see that you actually begin to be grateful for a whole host of things. And when you're grateful, your perspective, your outlook, your even, even your demeanor begins to change because you have the cure for what ails you. And it's not about all the negative things that are happening around your life, but it's about the good things that God has poured into your life. You know, I was driving the other day and I saw, well, it was a while back, and I saw this car with this sticker on it, and we'll post it up so you can see it. And it's a sticker, sticker, a car sticker that says, no Jesus, no peace. And no Jesus, no peace. And it's, it's a cheesy thing to say, you know, it's a play on words, but it's absolutely 100% true. When you don't know the Prince of Peace, how do you get peace? But when you do know peace, you know, that joining together, that putting together the fulfillment of God's grace, the charis, 
the peace of God begins to fill your heart, your mind, and you begin to know true peace. And so Paul, you know, he's writing this to the Philippians, and he's coming to the end of his letter that he's writing. And so he says this finally, and you think, well, I guess it's the end of this, and I guess it's the end of the sermon too. But finally, yes, right? So he says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. He says clearly, lean into your thoughts of what God has done. You know, he says, whatever is true, good things that God has done in your life, whatever is noble, the precious things that God has poured into your life, whatever is right, the great things in your life, whatever is pure and lovely, all those blessings that God has poured into your life, whatever is admirable, if all those things are in your life, begin to think on the things that God has put into your life. And you have to continue to do this. It's not a one-time occurrence. It's not like, okay, well, today I'm going to think about all God's positive things in my life and back tomorrow you're back to thinking and watching the news and getting submerged in all of this negative thoughts and ideology and things that are being pushed into your life and being bombarded you and so ripping you apart. No, it has to be a constant thing because the world is constantly putting things into your life. And so to counteract that, Paul says, begin to think with gratitude about the good things that God puts into your life. So when worry comes in your life every day, when stress comes in your life every day, when disappointment comes in your life every day, when despair comes in your life every day, why don't you think you need God's goodness and pure things and right things and and lovely things and admirable things to come into your life every day, to counteract all of the negative things that come into your life? And that's why he says, begin to think about these things. When we fill our life up or we're filled up by external situations that complete all pour all these negative things into our life, we need to be able to take God's grace, the charis of God, and the peace of God that fits us together. When the world is trying to rip us apart, God's grace is trying to put us back together and make us into the place and image of his dear son, Jesus Christ. And so in the same way, pour into your life. And that's why I said to you, begin to write a journal. Because when you begin to write that, you begin to look back. And when you write the next positive thing or the next grateful thing that you're grateful for, you can see the list of things that you've been previously written. So when you write, you know, on day number 60, you have 59 different things that you've written down that you can reflect on. Say, God, I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for these things. And when we have this attitude of gratefulness, because God is pouring these things into our life. We're just not seeing it in the way we should. When we see those things, our, our cure for complacency, our cure for complaining is gratitude. And we begin to see God and see our life and our outlook in a much more positive way. So I want to encourage you, Transformers, wherever you're watching from, let's begin to put a few more positive things into our life. And I love what Paul says. You know, it's such an amazing thing. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. And I say it again, rejoice. When someone says, listen, and then they say, listen, really listen, you want, they want you to pay attention. So Paul's saying, rejoice. And he says, hold on, I want you to say it. I want to say it again, rejoice again. 
rejoice in the Lord. In fact, if you read it, he says it repeatedly because he wants to emphasize that when we focus in on God's goodness and we rest in God's grace, we're not going to be ripped apart and pulled apart and separated by all of the anxiety and stress and concern that the world tries to put into our life. When we focus on the cherished, the God's grace, you know, that will come together, it'll bring us together, it'll make us whole, it will make us complete, and we can rest in God's peace. In the middle of the storm, we can have God's abundant, overwhelming, amazing peace because he is the Prince of Peace. And you have to keep doing this every single day. You have to remind yourself, as Paul said, on the good things that you have, the great things that you have, the wonderful things that God has poured into your life. And that is the cure for complaining and complacency. It's a heart and an attitude of gratitude. So let's be grateful for all that we have and all that God has poured out into our life. And I want to pray for you. So if you're watching online, you know, let us know what you're grateful for. You can leave a few comments what you're grateful for. We'll share what we're grateful for because we are, there's so many things. And to encourage one another, leave some comments and let, know, let people know what you are truly grateful for in this world. If it's the peace, if it's your family, if it's your job, if it's your loved one, God's grace, number one, over our life, day in, day out, constant and consistent. And I'm so thankful and I'm so grateful when God poured out his peace into my life. And I can enjoy God's goodness every single day. And I'm grateful for that. So let's pray together. I want to encourage you. And if you're not a Christ follower, I would love to encourage you to follow Jesus. He is the Prince of Peace. And he can give you a peace that Paul says that surpasses or passes all human logic and understanding. It's a peace that will flood into your heart, into your life, and into your soul that can come from no other place. There's nothing else that can be as great as God's peace. I'm a testament to that. God's peace fills my heart and life. And yes, there's times where I'm discouraged and there's times where, you know, you feel like nothing can go right. But in spite of all of that, God's peace is like an umbrella that covers all the mistakes, failures, and nuances of my life. God's grace is sufficient for you. It's sufficient for me. It's sufficient for every single person. So I encourage you to follow Jesus. And if that you made that decision today, I'm so thrilled that you took that step. And we want to hear from you, so get in touch with us. And for the rest of us, we're going to pray one for each other that we have this attitude of gratitude as we move into this season and into this new series called Being Positive. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord God Almighty, Father, we are eternally grateful and thankful for all of the wonderful things that you pour into our life. And sometimes we don't think about those things. We constantly focus in on what we don't have, what we're missing, what we lack, what we have to surrender, what we lose out on. And we don't think about what you've poured into our life on a constant and consistent basis. And so, Lord, number one, we thank you for your grace. You know, it's your unmerited favor that pours into our life 
over and over again. And we are so thankful and grateful for that. So thank you, Lord God. I thank you for all the amazing Christ followers that have acknowledged you and surrendered to you and given themselves over to you because you fill their hearts, their lives, their, their families with your grace and peace. And so we're thankful for that. And I pray for those who are not even Christ followers yet, but are still wrestling with that decision, that you flood them with your peace right now so they may understand a portion of what you pour out into every believer's life. We're grateful. We're thankful. We are so blessed that we have you that's faithful through every season of our life. And we're thankful for that. We honor you. We thank you. And we bless you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hello again. And thank you so much for listening. I really hope that message has encouraged you. Would you please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review? This really helps others get exposed to this uplifting message. I would also love for you to share this message with a friend or someone you think would be really inspired and blessed by this. Sharing this on social media like Facebook really does help others also get this free content. I'm honored you chose to spend some of your valuable time with us. Have an amazing day.